perfectly queued up intro for Pet Shop Eddie into episode 42 of The Nuts, starring Pet Shop Eddie and uh, Shoop Dog. And is he here with me today? That's the Shoop's the weakness. He's with me. It's Shoop Dog. It's episode 42. How you doing, my brother? I'm alive and well. Happy 42nd episode. Happy Wednesday. Good. Here we are. First week Here of we are. Time marches on. We're both uh we're both a little underprepared. Um in terms of presenting well on, you know, we haven't had our makeup crew come in yet. And, uh, you know, my beard's nasty and, and old. And I mean, you're rocking the beard, so you look fine. And your beard yep. matches nicely into your terrible sweater there. And if you don't, yep. if you think I'm calling Shoop's sweater bad, then you're <laughs> not a big enough sports fan. But he's got a terrible sweater on and a terrible beanie or toque, if, depending on what part of the country you live in. And oh, you yeah, look like... Call them toques. Yeah, we do call them. To- well, what, Canadians Philly? call them toques. You call them toques? No, nah, not in Philly. Beanie, right? Yeah. Yeah, I got this well, at uh, I got this at Goodwill with uh, my Deonce. You like that? D the fiance, Deonce. Oh, that's a nice. You know, that's a, like a benefit kind of thing. I like that, Deonce. This was in the ladies' sweater section. Um. And uh, she complained to me that I hadn't bought, I hadn't worn it, and and I can't take the thing off. I've worn it fucking five days in a row. I call it my uniform. I wear it to bed. Um, wow. <laughs> it doesn't do me any favors in bed, by the way. If she sees me wearing this in bed, it's an indicator that it's night night time. I, I'm just letting you. I'm just letting you out there on a rope, buddy. You're just hanging yourself out there. How's the McCoffee this morning? Hot and black, baby. Love it. So you look like a damn Steelers fan, as you are. You're all, you know, pur- pur- purple. Yellow oh, and I... golded up. Go ahead. Did you see the clip of Troy Polamalu on the sideline mm-hmm. when the Steelers visited the Rams and he gets a big hug from Cameron Hayward? I did not see that. Clip. I have to I have to send it to you, dude, because you've met Troy, seen Troy, not a small man by any stretch. Mm-mm. Cam Hayward looked like he picked up like an elf. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting you bring Troy Palomalo up so early in the episode. It is episode 42, not 43. Are you coming through for us or are we going to just tease that endlessly till it falls off the end of the earth? Uh. I would say chances are slim to none. Okay. Keeping it real. PP likes to be pretty exclusive. And like I mentioned, he's been podcasted out, but who knows? Maybe we'll be able to. I do know. I do know this. Here's what we have working in our favor, Pet Shop Eddie. I know he's taking the boys to school around the same time we are taking the kids to school. And he's in your time zone. So just maybe, just maybe. We get him for 43 seconds as he's just, you know, dropped off the kids and he hasn't done anything else in the day and he's just driving home. We may have that in our favor. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot, Shoot. Have you reached out a second time to bug him or are you trying to keep your friendship, you know, prioritized over the pod, which is understandable completely? I've 
sent text messages, and I've also tried to sweeten the deal to hi- to say Justin Myers is invited as well. I thought maybe another body would make him feel a little more comfortable, but um, uh, my his people have not reached back to my people. <laughs> well, we're small beans for sure. We're working on it. You know, we've got technical issues and audio problems all the time, but I think it makes this this pod even more charming. And thank God for the listeners out there who power through our difficulties and just just continue to listen to this terrible shit. You're not trying to say like we're a backyard breeder version of a podcast, are you? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> hey, Fuck Kaylee. it. Fuck it. This is the 42nd episode. So despite... <laughs> The quality, the content is present, and we roll on, baby. That's our we motto. We roll on. Well, um, we're shuffling the deck right here. A lot of NFL-heavy episode today. Um, it's not going to be a super long episode, so um, we'll see where we're at when we get there. But we're going to do some uh, halfway report card kind of things, surprise stories, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but are you ready to get it started here and look at our whole card shoot? Yeah, let's see what uh, what's under there. Let's see what's under the whole cards here. And it's, of course, as always, it's 42 in sports and T-Dish now. I got to be honest, Shoop, my Philadelphia-based 42 in sports was pretty light. What did you find out? Well, I I was going to try to be cute and go off the beaten path, but I decided not. I'm going to just stick with, like, the top two 42s that not only came to my mind, but like you searched number 42 famous and what comes up. Number one, obviously Jackie Robinson, right? It's the retired, the, the retired number in baseball. Nobody will ever wear it again. Go ahead. With the exception of my, well, everybody number. wears it on J Rob day. Yeah. Sorry. Mo Rivera was number 42. Oh, I see what you're saying, but I'm saying it's it's a retire. He must have been right before they retired the number. Yeah. Then the yeah. only one I believe that's exempt. Otherwise, it's retired. Otherwise, and they early in the season, maybe it's his birthday or whatever. But everyone wears 42, <laughs> and I don't think that that happens in any other sport. I I I ha- I can't think of it ever happening in football or anything else. It doesn't. But that brings up a quick, um, interesting topic to me. So we'll take a little bit of a tangent here. Is there another player in any sport worthy of a Jackie Robinson Day type of league-wide reverent wear the number, et cetera, et cetera? I can think of a couple off the my, my head. What do you got? Michael Jordan in the NBA for sure. So that would be 23, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, um, now, is he hit the level of I, – I feel like – Maybe this is a discussion for a different pod, shoot. But I feel like prior to LeBron joining the league, Michael was revered as easily number one. And then LeBron, rightly so, um, changed everybody's perspective of, of, you know, who is the most dominant NBA player. And now because there's that discussion, even though LeBron's still playing, I feel like that diminishes the what we're talking about here, the the legitimacy of a Jackie Robinson-type day for Michael Jordan. Could we have an Air Jordan day where every player in the league wears 23? I, I would say before LeBron, it was it was feasible to me, but now that LeBron's there and it's a, it's a 
it's a murkier one or two, one A, one. You know, uh, I I don't feel like it could, it could. I don't think the NBA could pull that off. All right. So in that case, you would argue for a LeBron day twenty three over Michael Jordan. Well, that's what I'm saying, and I and I, that's exactly the point because there is that argument that it exists, and I think you know rightly so that you can't have either because they're just. There, there's not that guy who stands above. And, well, and what about this? What about the NBA? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I cut you. No, no, no. Go ahead. What about the NBA All Star Game? If it was everyone wore 23, but the East represented Michael Jordan and the West represented LeBron James, <laughs> so they could really share that. Yeah, kind of cool. And of course, you know, you're gonna have the haters that when you focus on those two guys alone, you're gonna have the people go. What about Bill Russell? What about Will Chamberlain? What about, you know, all the other guys who are, you know, correctly in the conversation for greatest ever? But Jackie Robinson, I mean, we're, we, we've gotten off topic here, but um, Jackie Robinson Day is not, you know, it, it's not revered for one reason, right, because he was a great ball player. It's kind of a – it's it's a multi – reason day that baseball does that right it's the racial color barrier it's oh the, this wonderful player with amazing longevity so it's a you know it's kind of an everything so i think it's hard but i, I guess what i was bringing up is i i can see in hockey i could see 99 day across the league that's cool yeah gretzky day for sure yeah what about um, golf day everyone wears red for tiger they don't have numbers but yeah, you know, I guess I I love Tiger Woods. I'm a huge Woods fan, but I think until he wins more majors than anybody, you can't do that. Okay, that's interesting. So what would you yeah. do for – what was Jack's signature? Those lacquered – Well, well he was the golden bear. But, again, mm. I, I, I think uh, – I don't think it – I don't think it plays as well. And, and, you know, that's why it's it's – Jackie Robinson Day is a good thing. Wayne Gretzky day may or may never come into fruition, but um, I don't think you, I don't think you can do it in golf either. Anyway, we can move on. Do you have anything else for NFL? I was, or? Yeah. I mean, NFL is just too many. I mean, clearly TB 12 is the best quarterback for me, but you can't do that. Um, I mean, a lot of people think Jim Brown was the best running back. Barry Sanders is in the conversation. Walter Payton. But I just don't well, think there's that stand up alone above head and shoulders above everybody else. Well, I guess another question I have is, was there any other player in these other leagues that broke the color line like Jackie Robinson? Or did the NFL, did the NBA, the PGA, NHL, etc. allow non-whites to play or is it just that I, I don't know it's interesting that we don't celebrate color barriers in other sports just major league baseball with jackie robinson yeah i agree and i think it speaks to how Amer uh, baseball was america's pastime for so long and you know continued to be strong through that turbulent civil rights time and um you know everybody in this country was into baseball way back, way, way back in the day. And it's anyway, yeah, let's, let's move on. Unless you had a cap to put on it. 
No, I just I'm just segueing those two number forty twos from yep. Jack Mariano Rivera was my second forty two, and I was going to keep it kind of brief there. I will I'll mention Ronnie Lott, but you know I'm sticking with Mariano Rivera, who's probably the most dom who who certainly is the most dominant closer I've ever seen. Uh, completely three legitimate pod worthy names there, Shoop. Um, of course, Jackie Robinson. Mariano Rivera, Sandman, nothing was cooler than him cutting down. And I hated the Yankees, but he shut guys down. I mean, it was almost automatic until that 2004 season, wasn't it? And then, um, and then of course, Ronnie Lott, you know, probably the premier safety when I started watching football, just an absolute, essentially quarterback of the secondary back there not only calling plays, but um, just being all over the field and um, shutting down, shutting down opposing passing threats. Uh, absolutely worthy of the pod. So good, good numbers. Well, thank you. What do you got today for a Philly special? Yeah, not um, much. It's... Say that last sentence again. You got cut off a little bit. I said, what do you have for 42s in the Philly special? So not a whole lot. So once again, Keith Byers, like he was last week in 41. He must have worn 42 for one season because he was listed as a 42. And I loved Keith Byers. We don't have to go into him again. And then just no Phillies of of worthy. I think I saw Don Carmen, who was a, a, a guy when I started watching and got into him, but he was horrible. So I'm not, I'm not, he's not pod worthy. Um, no flyers of note, but a couple of of names that popped out to me for, for Sixers. Of course, probably for me, the biggest is Mike Jaminski. Um, again, these are older guys. When I started watching, he was he played with Charles and Hersey Hawkins and Johnny Dawkins and um, maybe even the tail end of Mo Cheek's career. And uh, so he was a big white center, big, we called him G-Man and... Um, Certainly, his stats aren't there to make the pod, but nostalgic-wise, he's there to make the pod. And then just a couple literally names I'm going to throw out. Jerry Stackhouse was 42 for the Sixers. Theo Ratliff, Elton Brand, who's their current GM. And stinky Al Horford Horford when he played here for 1.5 seasons or whatever it was. um, He wore 42. Say it again. Why is he stinky? Uh... Maybe it's just me, but I'm pretty sure all Sixers fans have a really um, tumultuous relationship with Al Horford. He was a Celtic for a while, and we battled him in the playoffs. Then he came and played for the Sixers and, you know, essentially had his worst shooting year as his, as a professional. And so they weren't very nice to him. He wasn't really warm to the fans through his media interviews and his family was not as well. He has his, uh, his wife and I think his sister was all over social media bashing Philadelphia and Philadelphia fans. And then to boot shoot, he goes back to the Celtics and beats us again in the effing playoffs. So we, we just hate him. Okay. I thought maybe the guy had a body odor issue, but uh, he may, yeah, he may, he, the NBA for a long time, I know that. Yeah, absolute. Um, 
I want to say, solidly above average player in the NBA. He won't smell the Hall of Fame, but he's he's you know certainly a decent player in the NBA for a long time. Very good. All right, so that's it for my forty-two, and we got a couple of the. Uh, across the league so let's move straight into tea dish if you haven't joined us before tea dish is this day in sports history and again it's kind of a, sh- a short slash light one for me shoop and we'll see if you got anything but i'm going to start in 1970 tea dish tom dempsey of the saints hits a then record 63 yard field goal in 1970 and that's today you sound you sound I, unimpressed. I, no, I am impressed, and I saw the same tea dish. So okay, we'll leave it at that. And I prepared for this possibility, and I have some uh, some interesting pre-trivia trivia to go off today's tea dish. Oh bummer, because that was my trivia. So go ahead, just take it, baby. Oh really? That's all right. Go ahead. No, 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 I'll, no. I'll come up. With, I'll come up with something. I want to hear what you prepared. I'll come up with something else in the meantime. No, no, no. I'll go to my second piece of this. I'll I'll leave what I think your trivia is, and I'll well, say, let me let me just call an audible. Shoot, we, we can't because my trivia. You're looking at the answer. So so go All ahead, right. throw your shit out there, and I'll come up with something completely new. So go for it, brother. First of all, Dempsey's. 63-yard field goal was done with a shoe because he had a deformed foot or he had an accident. I don't know the ins and outs, but something to do with his foot caused him to wear this kicking shoe, where it's essentially like a steel-plated, flat-surface boot that kicked the shit out of the football, 63 yards. I know a little bit more about this. Why Um, that's impressive. In today's NFL, the current record is 66 yards. That's right. Tom, so we're talking Tom, 53 years of NFL history, and the record's only increased three yards. Correct. And and only two kickers have kicked further field goals in NBA history. There's been a couple of guys that tied Tom Dempsey, but only two guys have kicked further ones. Say it again, Shoot. I said NFL history. You said NBA. NBA. So when I'm talking and you try to talk, I can't hear you. I don't know if that's my audio or what. I'll have to check the audio, but um, just make sure I'm done speaking before because I want to hear every word you got to say, honestly. I, 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 you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, um, yeah that was my trivia, but we'll, I'll find something else. So only Justin Tucker, who hit a 66-yarder in 2021, is best at Tom Dempsey. And also Matt Prater back in 2013. Now the the 2013 one was in Denver, Mile High, where the ball technically goes further, um, but it's in the record books as a 64 yarder. And then a couple other guys that have tied Tom Dempsey at 63 is David Akers, Jason Elam, Graham Gano, Sebastian Janikowski, and Brett Maher, all tied him, but no, only two guys have bested him. So that was my trivia. But we'll, we'll we'll figure something else out. But I think T Dish nineteen seventy, and I did know a little bit more about that foot. My dad would told me about that because he was a eighteen year old NFL fan at the time, and so Dempsey had some sort of accident with his foot. You're right, and he had to get his 
toes all removed. So he only had half a foot down there. And his shoe, you're exactly right, was like a, bo- a back. The back was normal, but then it sort of had a front where it was just flat. And so a lot of people for a long time didn't respect that not, that 63-year-long uh, field goal uh, because they thought that his flat foot sort of gave him a little bit of a advantage so fun facts t-1970 you got anything else on it so the interesting thing is there's an additional when i researched the current record in the nfl there's also an asterisk for the longest attempted field goal in the nfl and this is absolutely crazy listen to this um september 28 2008 Sebastian Janikowski attempts a 76-yard field goal. Holy shit. <laughs> so, like, wait, I got to do the okay. math here. <laughs> but what does that tell you if they attempted it? <laughs> okay. They so seen him hit it before. So, from the 50, it's a 60-yarder. So, you got to go back to the 40 to make it a 70-yarder. And then six the yards would be the 34. Yeah. So now, now, of course, the ball is snapped back about seven yards. So they're on their own 41, and they decide to kick a field goal. That's a yeah. terrific statute. <laughs> That's, I mean, I, I have to research this and see how bad he missed. <laughs> I mean, it just sounds insane. 76 <laughs> yards. Let's send out the field goal kicking team. Uh of course, at that time he oh actually he hadn't he, he he did go on to tie the longest at sixty three, but no, he didn't make his seventy six yarder. That's a great stat. I tend to think I remember that and we all sort of laughed it off and I think he was at least ten or twelve yards short, obviously. But um I can't exactly picture it in my mind, so I'll have to go back and look into that too. So nice work, Shoop. You got another tea dish? No, I, I kept it light today on that. So I got two more tea dishes, but they're both sad, melancholy tea dishes, and they're people dying on this day in sports history. So 2011, Smokin' Joe Fraser passed away. Um, of course, those th- I mean, he's remembered for those three fights with Ali, but he was a great, great champion. Take away Muhammad Ali. Uh, but, you know, the Rumble in the Jungle, Thrill in Manila, all those fights. Um which he went one and two against Muhammad. Go ahead, Shoop. Is he from Philadelphia? Yeah, he Joe is. He's, yes. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and now I'm embarrassed. I, I don't know if he was born and raised in Philly, but he definitely fought out of Philly. He trained. He, he came up as a boxer in Philadelphia. So we'll have to have Statboy check us out on that. Oh, quick shout-out, by the way, to Billy Given. Uh, Staff Boy, other guests who have sometimes joined us. We, we, we're still on a funky schedule where we're not uh, recording these episodes uh, on a regular schedule. So they're working people, and we'll get them on as soon as we can. Good on you, Billy, is a given. You got to get those wood stoves installed so people are warm this winter, baby. You got it. Um, and then another tea dish, melancholy 2017 tea dish, Roy Halliday. Now, I actually yeah. think, let me just see if I wrote this down. Yeah, um, both of those deaths 
actually occurred on November 7th. Um, but I was researching for the episode yesterday, and I didn't want to not bring those guys up. So it wasn't November 8th, 2011, 2017. It was November 7th. But such a sad story with Roy Halladay and his struggles with painkillers. And then who knows what happened on that airplane. He was a big plane guy, and he had a plane accident. Uh, his kids are uh, good baseball players and apparently kind of making the ranks through, I'm not sure if it's high school or college ball, um, but shout out Roy Halladay and his family, uh, T-Dish 19, uh, 2017. And that's all I have for D-Dish. You got anything else? I don't. I just, I kept it. I, the Dempsey thing caught my eye, but yeah. I figured it might have caught yours as well. And that's fine. We had fun with it. Absolutely. Um, that moves us to our flop. And our flop this week is the NFL Week 9 recap slash halfway season report cards and other awards and stuff. And I thought I was inspired by a podcast that I listened to that specifically deals with the Eagles. And they talk about, um, you know, report cards for the Eagles. And I thought we could do that for the entire league, Shoop. So... Week 9 recap, first of all, Eagles-Cowboys. Let's talk about that really quick since this is a Philadelphia Eagles podcast, quasi anyway. Um, boy, you know, uh, I I feel like nationally, if you, if you listen to sports, uh, you're hearing this like crazy. You know, the Eagles aren't getting it done pretty, but they're getting it done. And this is not college football, and I'm frustrated with a lot of the Philadelphia media who's still sort of finding things to complain about about this Eagles team. Where I'm more of the along the lines that you take a step back and look at their schedule, and they've won eight of nine games. Um, every team in the league has issues on offense, on defense, on special teams, whatever it may be. But if you can overcome those inconsistencies and just do what's most important at the end of the game and have more points than your opponent. That's the most important thing. And so I'm loving this ride. I'm not going to let, you know, a poor red zone offense or a negative turnover differential spoil. What is a wonderful eight and one season so far halfway through. I'm loving it. Shoop. Am I out of line here? In the famous words of, the infamous former owner of the Los Angeles and Oakland Raiders, Al Davis. Just win, baby. Just win, baby. Just win, baby. I, I mean, I can't agree more. And 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 the Cowboys game is probably a really accurate microcosm for the season of the Eagles in general because there were really good things. They got off to a good lead. And then, you know, they let Dak and the boys back into it. And then when we had a chance to, you know, essentially um, use our strength and just pound the football late and kill the clock, they couldn't. In fact, they had two chances at it and they couldn't either time um, and let the boys back. And essentially they were one play away from, I, mean, I think it was first and goal from the seven before they had some penalties that backed them up. They were one play away from losing that game, but the key is that they didn't lose the game. They beat the Cowboys. They are 8-1. and one. Like, yay, this is the NFL, not college football peeps. And I like the way they won the game. And they 
They unleashed hell from the defensive line, and they put pressure on Dak. When, Dal- when Dallas was threatening late in the game, Philadelphia fought that with pressure. And I think when you apply that kind of pressure to Dak, he turns out to be the Dak that I was saying could show up when, when the rubber meets the road. And, and, and I don't know. It was a good game. You can't discount Dallas. They're a quality team. A hundred percent. And I, I'll even give Dak more flowers than you're giving him. I think he played really well. He did take a couple of late sacks and that's typically been the, one of the Eagles strengths too. It's not only D line play and getting to the quarterback, but specifically late D line play and getting to the quarterback when it matters towards the end of the end of the game. And I think that's a testament to how deep that D line unit is because they're constantly um, shuffling guys in and they're keeping their legs fresh and these offensive linemen who you know aren't being shuffled in are getting worn down and so the D-line's winning late in games and I think that's important obviously so but I mean I hate Dak Prescott I hate the Cowboys but you got to give him some props he played really good he carved us up as most quarterbacks are doing these days um and didn't turn the ball over. Maybe his biggest criticism is what stepping out with his pinky toe on a two point conversion and then taking a late sack or two. Other than that, he might've been the best player on the field that game. Wasn't there like three different plays where the Cowboys were almost in? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, uh, there was a fourth down play where they completed it to scone noggin or something. And he, they called it a touchdown on the field. And then, you know, as all scoring plays are reviewed, it looked like he caught the ball with his knee down essentially at the four inch line. Um, and then of course the two point conversion, I think you're talking about where Dak did go in, they called it good, but it looked like it, it by review, he stepped down on the two or whatever it was yeah. anyway. Um, so Eagles eight and one sitting at the top of the NFC East, really good position. They got a bye week this week and then they play the chiefs out of the bye. The chiefs are also on a bye week. So we'll have time next week to break that down a little bit, but what else did you have from week nine Shoop, uh, recapping the NFL? Well, I would be remiss if I didn't discuss the Vikings and the acquisition of Joshua Dobbs. I mean, this is incredible. The Vikings are, uh, five and four. They've won four straight, and they are in the playoffs as we speak with Josh Dobbs as the local hero. The guy didn't start the game, didn't know the playbook, didn't know the players' names. He just went out there and balled. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. And I got to say I'm a little selfish about that game. I'm sitting at the casino on on Sunday morning. The Vikings – by the books, we're getting four points, right? They were four-point underdog, and I was pretty confident they were going to win that game, so I moved the line shoot to minus two-and-a-half and put some real-life dollars on that, and I got, like, plus 200 on that. So I called that one. Now, of course, I did not see the how it game scripted out. I did not see, what was his name, Hill, jo- something Hill, Jalen Hill get hurt in the first uh, freaking drive. Go ahead. Yeah, uh... I'm sorry, I can't think of his name. Rookie That's right, yeah. He... Rookie out of BYU. He, yeah. he he tried to smell the goal line and got his yeah. bell rung. Yeah, so then he was out. Then Josh Dobbs, who essentially was acquired on Tuesday, probably didn't show up to the team till Thursday, goes out there, doesn't know the players, doesn't know the, the – the, isn't that something to be said, though? 
like about backyard football and just going out and balling. And he did his thing. And I'll tell you what, he was instrumental in a couple of those plays. There was a couple of third downs that he scrambled for and or made passes and, uh, you know, covered for me. So thanks, Josh. Go ahead, Chu. Yeah, don't look now, but the Vikings are catching fire. And I don't know. If Dobbs works out, they could be dangerous. They're getting Justin <laughs> Jefferson back. Addison looks dangerous. You know, they start they start getting that running game working with Madison, and then the yeah. top opens up. It, I don't know. There could the the schedule for the Vikings is pretty favorable for the remainder of the season. I will never give my my heart fully to the Minnesota Vikings ever again. Yeah. It's like it's 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 a terrible relationship, but I think they make the playoffs and I didn't see that coming. Good for you. I like how you have adopted that say so, uh, we've talked about that many times. What else do you have on week nine? Well, I have to discuss the fact that the Baltimore Ravens beat the living shit out of the Seahawks. They put them in a headlock, squeezed it tight, Nolan Ryan style, and pounded the absolute life out of Geno Smith and the Seahawks. 37 to 3. And about two weeks previous, they did the same thing to Detroit. So my focus is really shifting to Baltimore and the AFC because they've beaten the living hell out of two NFC. Uh, conference leaders out of the last week and then sitting on top of the NFC, excuse me, AFC North. Baltimore looks real dangerous right now. Yeah, you said conference leaders. You meant division leaders, and you were right. They, they Excuse yeah. me, the, uh, the, uh, the NFC West and the NFC North, the Detroit Lions and Seattle Seahawks. Right. I knew what you meant, and you were absolutely right. They did spank both of those teams. You would not be a uh, honest football analysis analyst if you didn't give some roses to the Baltimore Ravens because they are playing really good football and not only are they winning with defense but uh, Lamar seems to have you know gotten all his off off the field uh, distractions out of his head and not only is he scrambling like we know he can he is delivering from the pocket, dude. I think he's the highest. Actually, I'll look it up, but I think he's, I mean, he's completing passes at a high alarming clip. And uh, I will tell you right now, I do not want to, if I'm the Eagles and and it, let's just say for Homer's vision, I, we're in the Super Bowl, which I know we're not. We've got a shit ton of games to play. We've got a ton of playoff trudges. Okay, don't, don't at me, but I don't want to see the Baltimore Ravens in the Super Bowl. And who's he throwing to? You got uh, Bateman, Bateman, Mark Andrews, and then who? I can't think of who else. There's a Zay there, isn't there? A Zay Jones. Zay Flowers. Flowers, yeah. Um. So, yeah. Well, hang on. I got to say this. One thing. This is my last thing. No, take your time. As we sit right now in the NFL playoff picture, every single team in the AFC North is a playoff team. And I did, in fact, call that before the season. I figured this division was going to be super tough, super tight. Baltimore leads the division, and all three other teams are 5, 6, and 7 in the playoff hunt. I saw that, and I would give you your props, but it's week 10, dude. Let's wait and see, because a lot of them got to play each other. If that ends up happening, that's a that's absolutely qualifies for another shoot but don't don't start patting yourself on the back 
It's early, baby. It's- after week nine. <laughs> All right. Who do you got for MVP of the league halfway through here? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, AJ Brown's been an interesting uh, name because there's never been a wide receiver to win it, right? Mm-mm. And he's already over a thousand yards. Yeah, and he set an NFL milestone that you mentioned last week to become the first receiver to have six 125 plus yard games. But shoot, hang on. They're not going to give a wide receiver the what they what they might do, and then maybe I should have asked all of my questions at once. You know, the NFL sort of gives out the MVP, and they also give out offensive player of the year i think it's pretty clear jj and ty hill both jumped out in front for odds you know odds on favorites to be offensive player year but i think aj brown's overtaking them so i think aj brown is probably offensive player of the year and mvp i, I don't know the odds makers say mahomes or hurts, right? I mean, the guy. I, I I hate to be a homer, but Jalen Hurts' his numbers are there, and look at the record. That's the most important thing in the NFL. Like we've just been talking about, he's the one who's led his team to eight out of nine wins, and you know, one hundred percent, it has to do with his quarterback play. So it's hard to. I hate to be a homer and say, well, the MVP's hurts and the OPI, OPOY is uh, is A.J. Brown. But, you know, somebody's getting them the ball. Somebody's catching the ball. I like both of those guys for those two awards. Well, as we sit right now, <laughs> you said they're probably not going to give it to a receiver. So, honestly, we're saying which quarterback is going to win MVP this right. year. Right. And right sitting on top stat-wise is Tua. I love Tua. If Tua yep. won the MVP, I think that'd be dope. But I doubt it. So you you have to look at, you know, his numbers. Driven. Say it again. It might not be just stat driven this year. Right, and and you can even if it was stat driven, you can you can really delve into that and break it down, and you can see that he's beaten up on some pretty anemic defenses, and you know put those huge numbers up against bad teams. But then when he's played good teams, he hasn't quite perform like that so those stats talk but are they telling the lie the miami dolphins are six and three their three losses are buffalo baltimore kansas city no they're wrong because the eagles beat them the the eagles oh you're right excuse me so let let me go i'll I'll pull i'll pull up my sheet and i'll tell you exactly who they've lost to or or maybe they didn't lose to baltimore maybe they lost to the the Bills, the Eagles, and the Chiefs. Okay, so 86 Baltimore input Philly. Yeah. So, but I think that speaks against him in terms of MVP, right? Like, he doesn't show up when the when the big boys are there. Right, they're empty stats. I can tell yeah. you who the NFL Comeback Player of the Year is. If you were going to ask wait. Who? Were you going to ask me that? I was. Josh Dobbs. <laughs> well, you got one half of football to 
to uh, base your sample size on, but I'll tell you what, give it to him. Uh, how about rookie of the year, defensive player of the year? Wait, rookie of the year and defensive player of the year or sure. rookie of the year? No, no, I was doing two. So who's your rookie of the year right now? Uh, Excuse me. Puka Nakua. He he definitely put up some huge stats early, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I don't know. Is that enough to do it? This Jordan Addison, is he a rookie for Minnesota? I think he is. Yeah, Bijan. A couple of guys out there. Bijan in Atlanta, right? Yep. Not getting, ha- the, getting the carries that you would think. Well, uh, a- defensive player of the year is probably Micah Parsons. Really? Or there's another guy I saw that's got six interceptions. Let me see who that is. Miles Garrett's playing crazy. He's like just taking over games in Cleveland. That that defense is staunch. Geno Stone has six interceptions. I'm embarrassed. I don't even know who he plays for. Uh, Baltimore. Huh. Well, how about your biggest surprise of the NFL season? Whether it's good or no, I I, I meant biggest pleasant surprise. Uh, New Orleans Saints. I'm happy for Derek Carr. Uh, they're sitting atop that division right now, and it looks like they're still working some kinks out. But I don't know. I've always liked Derek Carr. Um, famous soundbite of him when he was a Raider, and they were looking really sharp, and he broke his leg, and he's screaming, it's broke, it's broke, it's broke. And I just kind of always hoped he would find success with the Raiders, which he didn't. So I'm happy for him. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, that's a big one. Mike, that's Mike, Mike Tomlin is an incredible, incredible coach. I agree. I love the Steelers. I, I would say the biggest pleasant surprise for me is the Jacksonville Jaguars, even though I sort of slotted them to have a good year. Um, maybe it's because Doug Peterson is the only coach to ever deliver my city a Super Bowl, so I have a sort of a bias for him. But he's got Jacksonville playing good defense, and Trevor Lawrence and ETN are doing their thing, and they're sitting at 6-2. and two. And uh, I feel like, well, we'll see later in the episode, I've, I've got something else on Jacksonville. But, um, you know, I think they're playing good football. And I would be, uh, in the AFC, I would be keeping one eye on them for the playoffs. No question. Let me just ask you a quick question about Tomlin. If the Steelers were to ever part ways with Mike Tomlin, is there an NFL team out there that wouldn't, find a way to get him in ASAP. Well, right. So you got to throw away the, the teams that that year have had, had a great year, right? So all the deep runs, those teams are going away. But other than that, yep, every team should take them. But the Steelers aren't going to get rid of them because that's what the Steelers do. They keep good coaches, they play good defense, and they run the football, and it's a good fucking Dude, recipe. Mike Tomlin was a linebacker's coach for the Minnesota Vikings. He might have been a D coordinator. He might have been a D coordinator. They saw something, and they went with it, and good on them. What do you think they saw? 
Because you gotta, you gotta imagine the shoes that he filled, dude. He filled Bill Cowher's shoes, and the Who, Steelers could have got anybody in there for an interview. Who doesn't want to coach the Steelers? And Cowher filled what's his face's shoes. No. <laughs> right. So it's like they did see, it. and I think you know. I mean, obviously, we're not owners and/or GMs of NFL teams, but I think you look for obviously football knowledge, but but for me, the more important and tangible would be communication skills and, you know, a, a coach that understands players and not, and that's not a one road highway. That's a multi-lane highway. You got to understand this guy who's a diva, who wants the ball, who's getting paid millions of dollars. You need to understand how to coddle him. And then you have to understand this guy in this lane that is a meek, you know, quiet, not rah-rah guy. And then you got to understand this guy who, and there's all kinds of personalities, right? And and you got to have a guy who can read all that and communicate well to all those different types of personalities. And Mike Tomlin does that, but somehow maintains this kind of like cool flair. Like he's, oh, he's a hard, awesome. his, his, his like coin phrase is the standard is the standard, but yet he looks cool as shit on the sidelines. And you see guys leave the Steelers and go to other teams. Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Chase Claypool, just three that I can think of off the top. Their careers are never the same when they leave Pittsburgh. So yeah. there's certainly an amazing culture with the Steelers. No question about it. Um, yeah, Mike Tomlin, great coach. Who's your biggest disappointment in the NFL halfway through? Uh, the New York Giants. And I'm and I'm <laughs> speaking for you, Billy, is a bomb. What a fucking shit show. Yeah. And I don't know if any team has ever celebrated a torn ACL like the G-Men. They're probably like, thank God. Uh, and that's terrible to say, but uh, I'm just saying. Oh no, Shoop! You just you you just cut out again, Shoop. Are you are you with me? Yeah, I'm with you. I got. I just got a. Um... Anyways, the New York Giants are a complete failure. It's miserable. It's embarrassing. All right, so I got to ask you now for our technical difficulties. Your little, what does your counter say in the top left? Is it still at forty six minutes, or does it say zero zero minutes? Forty six and counting. All right, so hopefully you stayed on the call. Remember last time when you got a call, it knocked you out, and then you were gone in the episode. I, I, I get a call. It was just my phone saying, hey, you're at 20%. Oh, okay. Well, good Which job preparing for the pod. I need to. <laughs> what all about right. you? Well, your, I'm doing all the talking here. What are your what, what are your highs and lows of the NFL season so far? I'm fucking first of three all, caffeinated beverages in this morning on Mickey D's. First of all, I love how active you are talking. It's kind of how I envisioned our man. I my let me get something to drink too. Phil for a second, yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, McDonald's caffeinated beverages. Look at this. We got the Vikings logo. Wow, look at you. Get a Diet Coke, a hot coffee, and a cold coffee for like $6. I go to Starbucks <laughs> or someone else. That's a 20-spot easy. Um, I appreciate you taking a lot of the 
Yeah, I like to ask questions and you kind of answer them and then I bounce off of your answers. So I, that's really kind of how I see saw this pod going. So don't feel bad about chit-chatting because I fucking talk all the time anyway. Um, you know, I, I didn't think the Giants were really going to make it in the NFC East. It's a tough division. So I can't say that they're my biggest disappointment. Um, let me take a quick look. I didn't really prepare myself for um, – who I think the biggest disappointment is, but maybe, oh, geez, it's tough. I mean, maybe Justin Fields being hurt gives the Bears a pass, but I thought the Bears were on the way up, and they're sitting at two and seven, so maybe I'd have to give it there. But, I mean, it's like, what do you expect? Their best player was has been out. It's hard to hang it on the team, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Giants or Bears, probably. You're right. Yeah, and you have to look at what the expectation for the Giants were going into this season based on what they did Way last high. year. You're right. They came here and beat our ass and made us cry. Yeah. Danny Dimes looked like the best quarterback in NFL history last year at U.S. Bank Stadium. You're right. Um, Ned and I were just talking about that Eagles-Giants um, playoff game. So the Giants were... And let's be honest, they were one game away from the NFC Championship, and now they're sitting at, what, one and six or something? I think they're two and seven, but I they returned everyone from last year that I'm aware of. They got yeah. Saquon back after some contract issues. Brian Dayball is supposed to, you know, have cracked the code there, and they've just looked like a bucket of shit all year. Yeah. You're right. I'll, I I think you've made a good argument and you've changed my mind. They're the biggest disappointment in the league. Who are your Super Bowl predictions halfway through? My gosh. So, you know, you and I had fun with this not too long ago. Yeah. Um. Well, the favorites right now is the rematch, right? We're looking at Kansas City and Philly as the number one seeds. If you're looking and at... I- odds makers that they have that highly likely i would say i would go forth and say if things remain the same and there's no injuries and kansas city and philly has home field advantage most likely it will be a rematch but then there's a bunch of other interesting combinations the one that i still like is buffalo versus detroit yeah because one of those are going to get their first win ever um I think that's uh, down the road, Shoop. I don't think – I think for this year and, – and, and things change so quickly in NFL, but as of in between week 9 and 10, here's what I'm going to say. There are four teams that could be in the Super Bowl, and it's any round robin of these four teams. And in the AFC, it's the Chiefs and the Ravens, and in the NFC, it's the Niners and the Eagles. And you might say, the Niners, they lost three straight games. Yeah, I get it, but they they have shown – domination when they're healthy and when things are clicking correctly. So I'm still going to put them in there. I don't respect the Cowboys. The Cowboys also have a tough schedule like the Eagles, and they're now two games behind us in the two and a half, maybe even three, if you count tiebreaker and stuff um, and conference schedule or conference record and all that stuff. So I think the Cowboys are going to struggle to get to the NFC championship game. If they're there, we'll see, but I think it's Niners against chiefs, or Niners against Ravens, or Eagles-Ravens, even Eagles-Chiefs. But, of course, that's chalk. That's not out of the realm of 
you know, and things change every week. So we'll check back in with this as we get into the playoffs here. Dude, the Super Bowl is in Vegas this year. I know. I think we just have it there every year from here on out. The fucking Super Bowl is in Las Vegas. The end. Would like, you would you support it being on Saturday night instead of Sunday? Why not? I don't give a shit. You know, who cares? Doesn't that make so much more sense, especially when they have the week off? Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know that it would change coverage. Like the Super Bowl Sunday kickoff is what five o'clock, and you can tune in for pregame at like nine a.m. So yeah. I, if anything, it just gives you more of a recovery day and a uh, celebration day than to have to go to work the next day all hungover from your Super Bowl party. And that's what I'm talking about. So 100, you're picking up what I'm putting down. It just makes so much more sense, you know. To it's not like they're playing in a day early. Uh, on their normal week schedule, because most most years now, they, there's a year, uh, there's a week in between the, the championship games and the Super Bowl game. Just playing on Saturday night, everybody can go crazy, big huge party Saturday night, nice recovery, get back to life on Sunday. I love it. And I think they should have the Pro Bowl on the same weekend as the Super Bowl. Why give a week buffer there? Like highlight both. I don't know. I just think there's a lot of room for improvement. Especially the now same... they turned the Pro Bowl into fucking PE. Yeah, it's bad. Play it on the same field early in the day. P- play the play the uh, Pro Bowl at like uh, you know one. Let's say uh, West Coast 10, a- 10 a.m. So one p.m. and then have a night game. Go prepare the field, then have the night game on the same field later that day. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. I love that yeah. shit. All right, I love. That is our flop. Let's move to our turn here. <laughs> Oh, who's running the fucking NFL if you and I can just make it better on a conversation and I'm wearing my mustard goodwill? I'm not sure it's better, but I appreciate your uh, vote of confidence. <laughs> Worst bets. Last week, we both took a hit, Shoop. I yeah, went down. Back weeks where I'm less than, you know, I've been shit the last few weeks. And another push for me. Yeah. You, I mean, last week you lost 25 units. This this past week, you lost 125 units. But that's better than me. I lost 217 units. Uh, I actually was close to winning both of my bets, um, but alas, close doesn't matter. So a quick update: uh, AK winning. Uh, he's got 595 units. And actually, now that I'm thinking, oh no, that was that was a uh, that was is it. So AK's at 595 pod units, Pet Shop's second at 400 straight, and then Shoop Dog Ear third at 4250. And that's the only three who have won you money. I won't even bring out the other guys who are still in the negative. Um, so did you put something together for a best bet or worst bet this week? I do, but there's one thing I have <laughs> to mention that I forgot to in our NFL segment that I, I want to just bring, you know, so tomorrow's toilet bowl matchup between the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. So the bears actually probably want to lose this game. And let me tell you why, as we sit in the 2024 draft order right now, the Chicago bears have the Panthers first round pick next year. (laughs) So right now they're sitting at two with that Carolina Panther pick. 
Okay. And then just with their two and seven record, they're at three. Oh wow. So if you're the Chicago Bears and you're two and seven, the way it sits right now, you would have the second and third pick of the first round next year. You may wanna fucking mail it in the rest of the year. Why would you want to rest that? So what do you do? You lose to this team, but that makes their pick later. Maybe you win this game because you can control that, and then you lose the rest of your games. Well, Carolina Carolina doesn't have a first-round pick next year. They traded it to Chicago. That's what I'm saying. So Chicago. <clears throat> no, I, I, I'm with you. but run it, back, run it back. Maybe you said something a little above right, my so eye. If the Bears um, beat Carolina, then the Bears pick gets worse, right? Uh, yes, but they because still they win Carolina pick as two, but could move into one. I see what you mean, right? And then and then you can say like so. Essentially, what I'm saying is control your own destiny. So beat the Panthers, make their record as bad as possible right now. And then yeah. you're, and then the Panthers are out of your, so you're hoping that they lose and it, their pick stays high. But then your team, you can mail it in the rest of the year from here on out. And I don't know, I just, it, it's ridiculous to talk about this because teams will tell you they're trying to go out and win. Um, but let's be honest, there's a big quarterback draft coming out and uh, it could change the, that franchise around. Yeah, which is going to put both, I mean, I didn't see the Bryce Young experiment working out. It's not yeah. looking prompt. But do the Bear, do the Bears move on from Justin Fields? I say no. Use those picks and give them some weapons, man. Yeah. No, I'm with you. All right. Back to bets. Back to worst bets. Worst bets, baby. Give us what you got. I, I found four that I like. Two Woo. NCAA football, two NFL. Okay. And you said I'm at 42 units? Yeah. All right. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to just bet 25 units per bet and then parlay for 25. So if I lose everything, I'll lose 125. If I win something, I should be all right. Uh, I got Penn State covering the five against Michigan. They're home against Michigan. Michigan's going through a bunch of weird shit firing somebody for sign stealing and stuff I don't really understand. But I don't think that distraction bodes well when they head to uh, Beaver Stadium. Alabama, there's something in the water. I They're at eight right now in the BCS, and I could just see them sneaking in. They've got ten and a half. They're giving Kentucky t uh, ten and a half. I think they cover that. Uh, Steelers, Packers, Steelers at home, favored three and a half. I think they cover that. I take Pittsburgh to win by at least four. And I got a home dog. There it is. With their new coach, Antonio Pierce. All of a sudden, they're at four and five, and a win to get them at 500 makes things interesting for what seemed like a shitty season. They're a one-and-a-half-point dog against the fucking Jets who look like an ass salad last night or two <laughs> nights ago. God damn. <laughs> All right. Good bets. I love it. Thank you for that.
Um, you took one of mine, although not quite the same. I got two for you this week. I for the first time I'm gonna play a college ball and I'm gonna be a homer and but I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is. Well, my pod unit's where my mouth is. I'm gonna do Penn State money line. I think they I think they uh I think they beat. I think the defense of Penn State is really coming into they've been playing great all year, but I think they're at even another level these last couple of weeks since losing to Ohio State. And I think and I could be wrong here, and my Penn State people who listen maybe call me out on this. I think that the Penn State coaching staff has finally realized what kind of a weapon they have in Drew Aller, and they're going to let him unleash that arm. They have been checking down and playing shit ball. Are you with with me, Shoop? I'm with you. All right, you busted out on me again. I know I'm down to 10. I'm just going to have to charge my phone here in a sec, but go ahead. They're going to figure out how to use Drew Aller. Yes. And instead of this thinking and dunking conservative offensive play call, they're going to go down the field and I think they're going to beat Michigan. So I'm going to put a hundred units money line Woo! Penn state. Well, I'm up four, so I'm playing with house money here and I'm going to put a hundred units on Jacksonville money line. Jacksonville's playing the Niners. I know I just said the Niners are one of the Super Bowl teams. I feel like Jacksonville is poised to serve up Niners' fourth loss in a row, and I think it'll be a big story in the NFL. Niners lose four in a row. Are they not contenders anymore? And it's plus money, so it's plus 140 Jacksonville. So I'm going to do 100 units on Jacksonville, 100 units on Penn State, both money line to win. Let's move on, Shoop. I hope you're still with me. You got 61 minutes in your corner, or are you down to zero? I'm almost at 62. I, we're all good here. Big all right. Shop. All right. Sounds good. Um, trivia. Our My trivia was going to be the uh, long field goal, but I've called an audible, and I got the uh, – we've done this before. I've got the NFL leaders at in my eyeball. Go ahead. Once again – Perfectly queued up. Shoop Dog, who is the NFL leader currently in passes completed? The current leader of NFL passes completed at Tua? Nope. I asked asked because it's a bit of a shocker. Kirk Cousins. No. I don't know. Her cousins is on the list here for something for passing yards per game, but it's 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 Washington Commanders commander Sam Howell. That freaking guy, dude! <laughs> I, I keep he's on my bench, and I'm like, why don't I start him? <laughs> All right, let me give you a layup. Who's the who's the uh, season leader for rushing yards? Austin Eckler. No, good guess though. Tony Pollard. No, I wish I have him on my fantasy league. Uh, Raheem Mostert. <laughs> Bigger name, dude. Bigger name. Best running back in the league. NFC. NFC West. Forty Niners. Oh, CMC. <laughs> All right. We really I had to th- narrow that one. <laughs> you wait, you think it- Christian McCaffrey's the best running back in the NFL? How can you say he's not? 
I just don't know that I've ever heard that. I know he's good and a dangerous weapon, but I don't know that I've ever heard anyone say he's the top running back in the NFL. I mean, I'm okay with it. Yeah, he's a different you, – you don't think of him as a, you know, bell cow, Le'Veon Bell. I don't know why Bell's in my mind. Um, you know, just pound the rock. But he's he's so versatile. He's still running back whether he's running the ball – in between the tackles, whether he's running the ball around the edge or whether he's catching the ball in the flat or catching the ball down the field. Like I, I, I don't see how there's a better, and a guy scored in what 19 straight fucking games. I don't see how you can make the argument for anybody else. I mean, okay. Let me ask you this. You're, you're building a team. Do you want your 22 to 26 carry a game guy to be Christian McCaffrey or Derrick Henry? Okay. I, it's a great question. Are they right now at the same point in their careers? Kind of close, aren't they? Yeah. I think McCaffrey's maybe a year or two younger. I had to check that, but yeah, it's a really great question because they're both and Henry you would think would stand up to the, to the pounding a bit more. Um, but CMC is an absolute dynamic weapon, dude. He is um, an absolute physical specimen. I mean, the guy is just jacked. He's so strong, and he plays very aggressive, very violent. He has skills that are just unbelievable. I mean, he's got his father was an NFL wide receiver, so like you know, he grew up around the game, and. But it's just the injury thing comes down to it. He's not the biggest guy. Um, but, hey, good on him. NFL leader in rushing at this point. Good on him. Yeah, rushing yards. All right, one, la- one last one. Um, I just This one caught my eye. I don't know why. It's probably not that crazy. But who leads the NFL in total touches? Obviously, they don't count quarterbacks for this. So it's a non-quarterback touching the ball during a play from scrimmage excluding special teams, right? Yes. Um, Taysom Hill. Good guess. Not correct. AFC running back. Eckler. Incorrect. AFC West, although from a different team, running back. <laughs> uh, Shit. Pacheco. Josh Jacobs. See, that surprises me. I forgot about him. For what he the, changed his number to eight. Uh, uh, what did well. he wear that Alabama? And and I don't know. Jacobs. Yeah, he's kinda he's kinda underrated because the Raiders have been shit. Right. But uh, that's a lot of touches I, and fantasy wise, that that's important, all that good stuff. Yeah, no question. No question. Well, the Raiders, look for the Raiders to turn it around. That's going to be interesting. We don't, everything we know about the NFL right now will be 180 in about a month. And that's what I love about it. Honestly, you're so right. We don't know shit about shit because everything changes so quickly in the NFL. But that's why, again, to bring the episode back full circle, we started talking about the Eagles. They're eight and one. They're consistently winning. Like most teams, it's like a flip of the coin who's going to win every week. The Eagles are winning games. 
cross my fingers. All right, that's it for trivia. Brings us to a river. I had I had you know I had two things written written down in River, some Netflix recommendations and some game time. But shoot, we're getting close to your um to your deadline. So I'm gonna skip those and we'll bring those back next week. And then how about showdown suckouts? I had one quick suckout, shoot. Do you have anything this week? It's those I just keep finding myself having suckouts about the same kind of shit. It's either driving or assholes at work. That's okay. Go for it. All right. As a bartender, I got a problem with the customer that just bitches about the drink and doesn't ask you to remake it. Hmm. I had a lady last weekend order an old fashioned. You know how many fucking old fashions I make in a week? A lot. Yeah. It's a, it's a chic drink right now. She's like, takes a drink it tastes like cinnamon i'm like i probably put in too many bitters that's what a lot of times the bitters will taste like cinnamon i probably put in too many dashes you want me to remake it i make old fashions at home a lot it's not the bitters what else is in it i'm like you want me to tell you what's in your drink you think i don't know how to make an old-fashioned yeah yeah i'm like orange cherry ice bourbon simple syrup fucking dash of uh bitters which i clearly was a little heavy and then I hit you with a little top of uh, a ginger ale. She's like, maybe it's the ginger ale. Hmm. I do this at home all the time. I'm like, my drinks aren't going to taste like yours at home. Do you want me to remake the fucking drink? So this is interesting. Because <laughs> uh, when you first said it, I thought you meant that as a as a patron, I get a drink, I taste it. And you're asking me for my first response to be, no, it doesn't taste right. Can you remake it? But what you're not necessarily saying that you're saying if I'm bitching about the drink, oh, I don't like this, I don't like that, and then you offer, hey, I'll just remake it quick, and they would, they're almost declining that. They'd rather just bitch about what's different about the drink instead of just letting you remake it. Yeah, and then you, those people can fuck right off. Like, let yeah. me remake it the way you want because I just charged you seventeen dollars for it. It's yeah. not going to break my heart. Oh, that's interesting. So here, so if I don't like a drink, I should go back to the bartender, respectfully say, "Hey, this is a little whatever, strong, yeah. weak, cinnamony, sour, sweet, whatever it may be," and give the bartender the opportunity to say, "Hey, should I remake it for you?" And then just take him up on it. Hundred percent. Why not? All right. Now, listen. This is good stuff coming from a bartender. I didn't. I I almost thought that the polite thing to do was just suffer through your drink, and you know, deal with it. Yeah, but then you're unhappy and then you probably don't tip your server as much as you would have because you're pissed about your shitty drink and it's just, yeah. no, you paid right, for right. it. This is huh. good. I I like, I maybe we should change this segment to something to do with like bartender etiquette or patron etiquette because I find myself <laughs> in that situation a lot and I would <laughs> like all the good things to do and say. That's all I have for my suck out today. If you don't like something, just tell them. They'll, it's the hospitality industry. Our fucking job is to make sure you're comfortable. Let us do our job. Just as you were bitching, I remembered last week's um, wasn't necessarily a suck out, but you were bitching about the Miami KC game uh, being overseas. You remember yeah. that? Yeah, My buddy Jones, who you know, you've been on the podcast with, he was calling you out on your shit. He was saying that 
stop being a xenophobe essentially because it's not the NFL is not just about North America and more specifically USA that they're trying to globalize it and there are lots of NFL fans on the other side of the pond and they deserve a good matchup too so you can just go suck a big egg is what he essentially said to me and he was he was giving me stats about how many people were trying to get into those games and you know they also deserve a good matchup what do you say to that uh i disagree 100 percent. i think uh part of uh when you when you have a shit record, you get a high draft pick. I think that means you should also get a shit schedule, and you should have to go to all these fucking dumb out of country games, Mexico City, fucking Frankfurt, whatever. I mean, come on. And it, you know what's even terrible? The worst. Listen, Jones, I appreciate your feedback, and you know it's a free country. Say what you want, but why should a team lose a home game? This is revenue for home cities. That we're shipping overseas like the rest of our jobs in this goddamn country. <laughs> uh, first of all, I thank Jones for listening and powering through the uh, technical difficulties that we have every week and listening to this Scott Forsaken pot. So thanks, Jones. Shout out to you. I did have a suck out this week, too. You ever wave to somebody who's sitting in? Or, okay. Maybe I should set it up more or maybe not. Maybe it's funnier if I just do a shorthand version. But. If you have fucking tinted windows, especially on your front tinted window, don't fucking wave to me from inside your fucking car. All right? Like, oh, if you have tinted windows, you got to have a, a trigger-happy finger, left finger on that fucking window button. You got to constantly be hitting that button down so that I can see you. I, I guess... I deal with a lot of people at my business where they're pulling in or they're pulling out of my business. And so there's a lot of the wave or say hello or say goodbye or whatever it may be kind of culture. And it bugs the shit out of me when somebody has tinted windows and they, and they're inside their car making gestures to me like five minutes or, or is he ready now? Hey, you think I can fucking, okay. You got stupid ass tinted windows and then you're going to like completely forget that you have tinted windows and you're going to try to communicate me. You have tinted windows for a reason so that people can't see your ugly, dumb, fucking, fucking fat face. Right. So why are you now trying to go like non-verbally communicate like, oh, is it too high? Two minutes. I'll see you. I can't see you. Nobody can see you. Because the reason you put the tinted windows in. So stop. You can't have it both ways. Ah, it no, aggravates you, me. Yeah, what the fuck? People that do tinted windows, in my opinion, it's for illegal activity, right? Yeah, you want they're the shady. Windows so you're in there smoking weed. You're getting BJs from hookers. God knows what the tinted windows are for. Right, whatever you're doing, you don't want people to see you. So yeah. then stop thinking people can see you I can, I can see like movement in there i can see something's happening and you're trying to communicate to me but now now i'm going uh i can't see it's just annoying the shit out of me so you know maybe a first world problem maybe a very specific pigeonhole problem but it's a problem nonetheless shoop and that's my suck out for this week and i think that brings us to the end of our episode did you have anything else well i i wanted to ask you something in terms of driving and, and hand signals okay so say 
say you're driving, right? And you need to get over. Yeah. You're on the freeway. Say you're on yeah. the five. Your exit's yeah. coming up. You're like, shit, I didn't realize my exit's so close. You got to get over. So you got your blinker on. You're trying to merge. I'm the guy. I hit my brakes. I let you in. What do you do? Oh, my God. 1,000%. And I've taught my kids this. As soon as you pull in front of that dude, in fact, even if they didn't break and you went in front of them and you sort of kind of just accelerated into that spot, you always give a fucking big wave like this yep. in the back. 100%. Yep. So I did that and my kid thought it was like a like I'm flipping him off or some no. kind of like. No. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's, it's just like a thank you. Yeah. Thank but you. What's worse, okay, because some people don't give, like, if I'm in the car and my wife doesn't give the waves, I'll even give the wave for them. Because for me, what's worse is when I let somebody in and then they don't give me the wave. Oh, then they're getting tailgated like a motherfucker. Well, first of all, I give them the wave. I'm like, yeah, you're welcome, like this. And then eventually, if I'm able to, I'll pull aside of them and give them the stairs. So, let's, so here, I'm driving. All right, so I'm sideways. And I'm driving, and I'll give them this. <laughs> Where was the wave, dude? I let you in. You're I welcome. let you in. You should have waved. You're welcome for that. Yeah. 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 Hey, it's good. We maybe maybe we need to change our suckouts to something bar themed or driving themed. I mean, th that seems to be where we continue to find ourselves. I mean, we can't just bitch about our wives on the show. That would not go well. <laughs> Billy does. Uh, <laughs> my boss, had, I'm just talking shit about my boss on the show. My suck out is my boss. You know? I've had a lot of people comment on Billy's, uh, did you read the book or did you listen to the book kind of so thing? So fucking funny. Yeah. And, you know, D and I were listening to that, and what was even, I don't know if I told you this, if I'm repeating, I'm sorry, you're, but it's really you're funny. Your Deontay? was eating instant mashed potatoes, and I'm like, I gotta play you a segment. And it's funny as shit, because Billy's read or listen book situation led to you saying instant mashed potatoes <laughs> are better than regular mashed potatoes. And D's eating going, God, they are. It was You're fucking, fucking right. <laughs> and so are frozen meatballs over homemade meatballs. And uh, that might offend a lot of South Philadelphia, Italian, American natives. But I'm sorry. I like wow. the frozen, I like the frozen wow, meatball over the homemade meatball. That's a big stance. Anything, anything you're eating lately? Like, so first of all, let me just tell you, since the weather change here, yeah. Some kind of fucking weird DNA thing is happening to me. Like, I'm carb loading like a son of a bitch. Like, I just want to dress warm and eat and not go outside. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> but ha have you have you like started eating eating anything new or anything like that lately? Well, I'm a bad eater in general. If I ate good, I would probably be 25 pounds less because I do work out. I go to the gym. I run like crazy. I still play sports, golf, basketball, lots of stuff. But I just eat like a fucking disgusting pig. So it's nothing new. It's just that's just me. Like I'll have a what breakfast sandwich. I'm, I'm about, about 250. I'm a little less. I'm about 215. But I think oh, I'm nice. I think you might be taller than me. I'm only like five ten and a half. Yeah, I'm right there too. So, anyway, well, well, let me tell you what I found, dude. 
that I just fucking grub is I get a bowl of oatmeal and then I put a dollop of peanut butter and jelly in it and oh. just stir it up and it tastes right. so good. All right, we're going to talk about this on Sunday morning at the casino because my comrades that come with me to the casino, they always get oatmeal when we go for breakfast in the high stakes room. Okay. They're, you know what my choices are? I, I, ri- I rifle through. They're either It's either biscuits and gravy, Ooh, which is fucking bomb, or the pancakes meal when I get a, some eggs on the side and I dip the pancakes in the dippy eggs because I get sunny side up eggs. Nice. Or my favorite, and it's the bomb at this casino place, is their chicken fried steak over gravy. And let me Ooh. tell you something. So here's my buddies who get oatmeal. Jones always gets oatmeal. Is it goes back and forth between oatmeal and pancakes. Heine doesn't eat because he's 150 pounds. Um, <laughs> but I'm here. I'm always eating this chicken fried steak. But they're getting the oatmeal. I'm going to ask for a little peanut butter and jelly dollop to put in there and mix it up. Yeah, just stir it up, and it's delicious. It's like wow. a liquid PBJ sandwich. I'm telling you, maybe some grape jelly, strawberry jelly, something like that. Yeah. Best burger I ever ate was in Maui at a place called Lulu's. It was called a Dick Buckus burger, and it was this huge, thick, this beautiful burger, but they dolloped a, pe- a peanut butter, a big old dollop of peanut butter right in the middle. Lulu's no That's longer it. around. Yeah. In Maui. Well, R.I.P. Lou's and R.I.P. Dick Butkus. Uh, Lulu's, yeah. All right, buddy. I think that's it. You got to get going. I appreciate you hanging with us. We miss Jassy. We miss Izzy. We miss Stat Boy. Anybody else? AK, Jonesy, come back on the pod. Uh, maybe we, You know who we need to get is the Wolf. We got to bring the Wolf back in because the Flyers season is on and they're, we need to, I just need to talk to the Wolf again. So, shoot dog. We'll see next week if Troy Palmalo joins us. If not, no big deal. We still love you. I appreciate everything you do. You got anything to play us out? Very nice. Very relevant. Good work. Sandman 42 episode in the books. Let's bring in Rivera to close it out here.